Hang on there one second. Let's go ahead and take a minute to pay the bills. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places that you like to listen to podcasts? Where do I find advertisers? The answer to every single one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. So if you're always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. The following podcast has not been rated. Listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. And here's your host, CJ Newman. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. app this week is going to be solo adventure it's just going to be me number one numero uno cj delivering all the greatest hits this week so i'm going to try to deliver the news for the nfl this week and i'm going to try to put my spin on things and let you know what i think about what's going on in the national football league starting with All right, I'll go ahead and get into the hot take number one. One of the most overrated quarterbacks getting paid in the NFL, Russell Wilson, has signed a four-year contract at $140 million with $65 million guaranteed at signing. So this is in addition to the final year of his current contract. So he is with the Seahawks for five years, including this year coming up. It uh, it's pretty interesting because his current base salary for 2019 is five million, and that's still in effect. So he is also going to be leaving with a shit ton of money. He left the the uh, facility with his uh, agent with a huge check, and he only took half of the signing bonus right now. He just decided to defer the other half until the year 2020. So. Uh, I'm pretty interested to see if he's going to live up to the expectations of being a $140 million quarterback in four years. It's going to be pretty amazing to see, and it's it's very smart by Russell Wilson. I have to give it to him because uh, most quarterbacks would opt or – I should say, let me take that back. Most teams would prefer a five or six year contract so that they're able to lock down that person for X amount of years at a set rate before somebody else comes in and gets their next contract and starts making more money than the next person. And then if the quarterback, such as Russell Wilson, says, hey, this person's making more money than me, fix this. Guess what? 
team doesn't have to. You signed a contract. So it makes perfect sense to me. And I get why Russell Wilson wants to do four years instead of five or six. He gets be, he gets to be able to go back to the free agency market, go back to the trough after X amount of years, after four years. So it should be really interesting to see in a couple of years. If he's still producing at a decent rate, if he's still got his legs underneath of him because Lord knows that he is a mobile quarterback and that he's going to eventually get hit. If he's still got those legs and he's still able to produce, he's still able to throw the football, he might get a hell of a contract again in a couple years, kind of like Kirk Cousins did. So I'm not sure uh, if he's going to be able to do it, but he's earned a lot of money over the past couple years. And the last time he went to uh, the table, as far as negotiations, he left a lot of money on the table. I was pretty surprised by that. He was doing a lot of team friendly deal. And I quite frankly would not have, and I don't blame Russell Wilson for squeezing the Seahawks this time and trying to get as much as they possibly can out of them. The previous contract was $87.6 million over four years. See that again? Russell Wilson opting for four years as opposed to a five or six year deal. And it's interesting because his agent is playing this very smart. His agent is actually a baseball agent, and Russell Wilson is the only football player that he has as one of his clients. He doesn't have any other football players as clients in the NFL. So he's able to sit here and think about it for a while, and he's able to really produce 100% of his mindset in football to Russell Wilson. He doesn't have to worry about any other players with negotiations. So he's able to sit there and think of some creative things, but it wasn't really a creative deal other than the four-year part. So uh, kudos to Russell Wilson for getting paid. And uh, let's see if we can look over some of the things that have happened with his contract. Uh, Going over the clauses here, there's a full no-trade clause. So good for him on that, so that if uh, the Cincinnati Bengals wanted to try to trade for him, he could say, yeah, no, I'm not going. Screw that. But he could also waive that clause at any point. So if, uh, say, the Giants want to trade for him and Russell Wilson sees that as a bigger opportunity, and he wants to move into that media-friendly market, then, yeah, he could possibly waive that clause and say, yeah, go ahead and uh, trade me. And who knows? But Russell Wilson could also hold him over a barrel and say, screw you. You got to cut me if you want to get rid of me. That's the only way you could do it. I'm not letting you trade me. So it makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I don't blame him for putting that into his contract. I also don't blame him for putting this into his contract. There's a potential $6 million escalator in the year 2023 based on performances in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So he can make an additional $6 million that would add on to the next year's salary cap in 2024 if he were to sign, uh, if he were to perform well in those th- uh, three years that he's on the team. His final year would add that $6 million, but by that time, you got to figure they're either renegotiating or they're re- releasing him or they're trading him to another team because no player ever lives out his full contract that I'm aware of, at least that has a pretty damn good contract. I mean, look at Joe Flacco. He never lived out either of his contracts. They renegotiated his first one and then they traded him to the Broncos on, on his second one before the deal was up. So it makes a lot of sense to me that they uh, push a lot of this back towards the, the ass end of the contract. Now, I had alluded to earlier the possibility of a player, whether it be a quarterback, a defensive end, whoever at their highest paid position, being leapfrogged and having the possibility of having somebody who is 
considered a lesser than coming in and making more money than said uh, player who has reset the record for having the highest paid contract. It's a term is called leapfrogged and it happens quite a bit. Now, anybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm a huge fan of pro football talk, huge fan of uh, Mike Florio's work. And uh, you'll know if you listen to his podcasts and his uh, daily show that he would prefer that a player tie their, uh, annual earnings to a percentage of the salary cap. I'm personally not for that. Uh, and I'm surprised that uh, I've actually posed this question to Mike in the past. I don't understand why he wouldn't want to get on board with this, but my personal thoughts when it comes to a player at the top of the position, top of the rankings in the NFL, they should ask for what is known as a favored nations clause in their contract. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with a favored nations clause, this is where if a player, uh, makes the most in the NFL, let's say, uh, we'll throw out there Aaron Rodgers as an example. He signs his contract tomorrow and says, I am the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But if anybody beyond this contract date signs a better deal than me and makes more money than me, you have to bump me up to that salary or give me a penny more or something like that. That is a favored nations clause. And for those of you who are wrestling fans, you will know that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash back in their WCW days had favored nations clauses in their contracts so that when people like... Bret Hart came in when other wrestlers came in that made more money than them, they were automatically bumped up in pay and they got a pretty sweet payday. So that's something that should be considered for the elite in the NFL, like top five, uh, the favorite nations clause, maybe even top three, just so you can keep it uh, down to a bare minimum. There would have to be certain qualifications you would have to think of. It would get complicated after a while. Like you'd have to be in the certain percentage of stats in the NFL. You can't just offer a favorite nations to everybody. But uh, that's what I would do if I was in Russell Wilson's seat or if I was in Aaron Rodgers' seat. Hell, if I was in Tom Brady's seat, I'd probably do the same damn thing. Uh, be like, give me the favorite nations clause. And if anybody tries to leapfrog me, guess what, bitch? Give me more money now. That would uh, certainly ensure that nobody would get leapfrogged. And it would uh, it would probably make a more level playing field. And a lot of people would uh, not try to a lot. Of, at least a lot of the owners would try not to start setting resetting that record for the highest paid quarterback or the highest paid player in the NFL at a certain position. So that would uh, incentivize the players. It would incentivize the teams to keep things at a minimum, and it would really make things interesting from a legal perspective. And that's my thoughts on the Russell Wilson contract. I probably should have let off with this, but I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, unfortunately, this week is a very somber week uh, as far as an anniversary is concerned. The 15th anniversary of the death of Pat Tillman, former safety for the Arizona Cardinals. For those of you that aren't familiar with Pat Tillman, Pat Tillman was a safety uh, back in the day, uh, early 2000s, late 1990s. He played for the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, he was actually one of the people who 
after the September 11th attack, actually the only football player to enlist in the armed forces after the attacks. So he, in lieu of being offered a, a contract by the Cardinals, which they did offer him something, he turned it down and said, I need to defend my country. So Pat Tillman went overseas to Afghanistan and listened to his services. He was being a soldier out on the field, and unfortunately, he was killed in friendly fire. A uh, member of the Afghan militia was also killed in the incident, but at the same time, so was Pat Tillman, and his life was taken way too quickly. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out with your loved ones, you see them, and you have your wife, your husband, or your parents, your brother, your sister, just give him an extra hug this week. Give him an extra kiss. Tell him you love him. Just keep in mind, uh, life's way too short. And people uh, really do a lot of things out in the military for your own safety so that you can sleep at night. Just remember that. And uh, keep Pat Tillman in your thoughts this week. The rights to the NFL Sunday ticket might be held up pretty soon. So uh, currently, the rights are held by AT&T's DirecTV. AT&T uh, purchased DirecTV not too long ago. So it's going to be pretty interesting over the next couple weeks, a couple months, maybe the next year, to see who the competitors are that are going to come in for the rights. There's talk of Amazon possibly coming in. They already stream uh, NFL Thursday night football games throughout the season, a couple of them at least. I don't think they did every single one of the uh, Thursday night games. But would they possibly include the NFL Sunday ticket into the Amazon Prime yearly fee? Would it be a completely separate fee? If it's separate, would they consider a discount for those of us that have Prime? Because I know I'm a Prime member, so... If they want money off of me, they better be giving me a discount or even including it in the Amazon Prime yearly fee. Come on now. So we're already paying a hundred bucks, hundred some odd dollars a year for Amazon Prime. Give us a break. <laughs> but yeah, Amazon could possibly be one of the uh, services that actually streams as opposed to uh, putting it onto either a cable system or a satellite system. So you would have to stream it off your laptop or uh, Roku. Amazon stick, whatever those things are called, Amazon fire stick. But uh, that's how I could imagine Amazon possibly getting into the market here. They obviously wouldn't have their own channel going on for the NFL. So they would have to use their streaming services that they already have in place. Another competitor coming into the fray is Disney. And uh, why Disney? <laughs> they uh, they own the rights to ESPN Plus, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, ESPN is currently uh, on the shit list of the NFL as far as uh, content is concerned. They they very well might lose Monday Night Football to another competitor. ESPN is also owned by ABC, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but regardless. ESPN is looking for more content, and if they are able to offer the most as far as bidding, they might be able to get this on ESPN Plus, expand their content library, possibly look towards more of a renewal step towards the NFL for Monday Night Football, and thus 
possibly getting better Monday night football games and getting that prestige back for Monday night football that they once had, which now goes to Sunday night football. So Google's been considered for this in the past, but they've been hot and cold recently. So Google could very well be a streaming service, and I could see that going pretty damn well. And uh, they would obviously, since they're an open source environment with uh, their Android devices, they would probably offer it to Android devices, iOS devices, Roku, uh, this Fire Sticks, as I mentioned, any streaming service you could possibly think of on laptops. Google might very well be the best option for streaming services. As I say that, of course, my uh, Google Home Hub just went off. So that's uh, pretty fucking funny. Um, moving on. There's a possibility that DirecTV uh, may not be on the shit list, but I think they are as far as the NFL is concerned. So they very well could keep the Sunday ticket. But if it was me and I'm the NFL, I would look towards the streaming market as a lot of competitors are starting to do that. The NFL is already doing pretty damn well with what is called the Game Pass. For those of you that don't have that, it's a yearly service where you can actually go back and watch old games from 2009 up to now. You can also do a live stream of your uh, radio service in the area. So if you're not able to watch the game, you can listen to it. You can listen to the national uh, radio. You can listen to the local radio, depending on... Uh, where, what you want to listen to. So if you want to listen to the Detroit Lions game, you're more than welcome to do that. And then after the game is over, you can go back and watch it. And the cool thing that I really like about the NFL Game Pass is when you go back and you watch the game, you have the ability to look at it from different angles. So you have the coaching view, which is above the field, and you could see who was open, who was blocked, who was holding, who was being a dick, who was tying their shoes. The Game Pass offers all that shit from a coaching view. And I honestly, I used that last year when I was looking at the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and seeing how they were able to get the holes open so much for the running game. And it was quite amazing to see how that offensive line was able to gel and uh, able to start pulling guards and do all those things in late in the season last year. Wish it would have helped in the playoffs against the Chargers, but hey, guess you can't have everything in life. So yeah, keep an eye out uh, for the NFL Game Pass as far as uh, streaming service. You could uh, see that happen in the near future. It would be very similar to like WWE with their WWE network. They could offer their own service and they wouldn't have to pay anybody. They could reap all the benefits of the profits. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I would be very interested to see if the NFL would offer something for, uh, I don't know, 100 bucks a year, $9.99 a month, something like that. Hell, I'd be in. I'm all in with that. That there's money to be made there by a streaming service by themselves, not just pimping it out to Amazon. But maybe it's there's a lot more money to be offered from Amazon if they're willing to offer uh, millions of dollars, a billion of dollars. I don't know. Uh, it could happen. But uh, those are options. And I think we're going to see more and more heading towards the streaming market as opposed to the cable satellite or television market, just because a lot of these IoT devices are starting to be pimped out something serious. 
So who do you guys think is going to come in and try to get the rights for the NFL Sunday ticket? Do you think it's going to be a cable provider? Do you think it's going to be a satellite provider? Uh, general television channel? Do you think that uh, it's going to be a streaming rights capability online? Do you think ESPN Plus is going to do it? Amazon, Google, somebody else I haven't even mentioned yet? Apple, Samsung, any of those guys? Hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think. Uh, hit me up on the, uh, the either the FAPT account, at the FAPT, or at my own personal account, at the CJ Newman. I'd love to hear with you, hear from you, and I'll, uh, I'll converse with you, and we'll talk about it and see if we can figure out and get down to the bottom of it, and I'll make my suggestions to the NFL. I don't give a shit. They'll listen to me. Well, not really. Well, the NFL released the schedule last week, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting, to say the least. There's a lot of uh, cool, interesting matchups this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Week one is going to be really cool. So one thing that is probably sticking in the crawl right now of all the Patriots fans, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't want to be, quite frankly. But uh, one thing that might be sticking in their crawl is the fact that the first game of the season does not belong to them because it is the 100th season for the NFL. The NFL is elected to put the Packers at the Bears on as the first game on that Thursday night football to open up the season on NBC. Not a bad choice. Uh, Packers could be resurging with their uh, new head coach uh, with uh, the possibility of the Bears countering that with uh, Mitch Trubisky and that pretty potent defense. So we'll see what's going to happen with that in week one. But the Patriots were not completely shafted. They were given the Sunday night game. They were given the Steelers coming to New England at 820 once again on NBC. So that is probably going to be another ass kicking that Pittsburgh is going to take because it's always, it always happens. It, it, it never ceases to amaze me how badly the Steelers fuck up against the Patriots. I, I don't get it. It's like they're the kryptonite. Hell, even the Ravens have a decent record against the Patriots in recent years. They're 2-2 two two in the playoffs against them. It's just... The Steelers cannot get over the hump. They can't beat the Patriots. And as a Baltimore Ravens fan, I got to tell you, I will whine and dine with a Steelers fan before I even talk to a Patriots fan. That's how much I hate the Patriots. That's just me. Uh, it's probably unfounded, but uh, a lot of these uh, gates that happen over the years have really stuck in my crawl and really pissed me off. And I hate when New England fans try to defend that shit. It's like there is evidence out there. Don't fucking say that it's a witch hunt. I know better. I've read shit. Come on now. There is evidence out there. And if there isn't, then guess what? Roger Goodell got rid of it. Well aware of that with the Spygate. Jesus Christ. So, with that said, another thing that really sticks in my crawl personally is Monday nights, uh, first week of the year, they always do this, and it pisses me off to no end. They do a 7 o'clock game, 7-10, and that is going to be the Texans at the Saints, but then they do a 10:20 p.m. game right after that, the Broncos at Raiders. What the fuck? 
I understand it's a West Coast game, and I understand that the West Coast wants to see a prime time game in prime time. But on the East Coast here, it's ten fucking twenty at night. What the hell makes you want to? What makes you think I want to see the Broncos at the Raiders? at 10 20 at night you think i'm gonna stay up and watch that you damn right i am because i hadn't seen football in forever but still that's beside the point give me a better fucking game on monday nights at 10 20 give me the seahawks they're on the west coast what the shit i don't care give me the seahawks at the rams fuck yeah give me that i'll sign up for that bullshit give me some damn broncos at raiders neither of them have a quarterback to speak of holy fuck And they've been both on the decline for a while. So that's just week one. Uh, Shit's going to get real interesting beyond that. I mean, look at Monday night of the following week. You got the Browns at the Jets. So this is a rematch of last year where the Jets were the first victims of the Cleveland Browns to snap that beaten streak that the Browns had had. The Jets were finally the team to lay down uh, after an 0-16 season and beyond that, uh, as far as losses are concerned. So uh, the other part about this that people kind of skim over is the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets is Greg Williams, who was unceremoniously dumped by Freddie Kitchens. That's Freddie goddamn Kitchens, for those of you out there who listen to the show. Um, so this is going to be a very decent game, in my opinion, with Sam Darnold having his new weapon on the field, Mr. Le'Veon Bell, to face the defense of the Cleveland Browns. And uh, that team just keeps getting better. The Cleveland Browns very well might win the division. There's a possibility. I'm not saying they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, but the team has gotten better on paper. Let's just see if Freddie goddamn Kitchens can be the decent coach that he wants to be and get the team to the promised land. I call bullshit and say no, but that's... uh, Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one and they all stink. A lot of primetime love being given to the Kansas City Chiefs this year, and quite frankly, I don't blame them. I love me some Patrick Mahomes. That guy can light a fucking field up. So uh, one of the games that they got going on is Week 5. It's uh, the Indianapolis Colts against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. It's uh, it's going to be a good match with uh, Andrew Luck coming in and trying to outduel Mr. Patrick Mahomes. And we'll see what happens with that. I mean, you got Quentin Nelson on the offensive line for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. So they're probably going to go O-line again in the draft at some point and try to build around them. So Andrew Luck might have time in the pocket. Got to get a weapon or two out there because T.Y. can't do it all. So uh should be interesting to see if those two can outdoel each other. I'm really, really interested to see how that's going to go. And uh, we'll see if Tyreek Hill is even playing come that week because his situation is getting very weird. His, uh, so, so for those of you that don't know, Tyreek Hill... Uh, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs was there's rumors a couple weeks ago that his child his uh, child's arm was broken and there's a possibility that Tyreek Hill was linked to that so it would be a domestic violence charge if that was true this past week 
it was noted that the child was taken out of the custody of both the mother and the father. So there's something fishy going on here. It's it's safer for the child to be in the care of a complete stranger as opposed to their mother and father. So something happened, and we're going to find out probably sooner than later what actually happened with that. And if he actually did break that child's arm or do any harm whatsoever to that kid... He's probably going to be suspended at least six games. And quite frankly, they should be uh, kicked out of the league if they do anything like that. But um, that's not my call. That's an NFL decision. Uh, it's usually a baseline of six games. I've seen it less. I've seen it more as far as domestic violence. So I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Tyreek Hill. But we're going to find out in the near future. Hopefully, before the end of the summer, hopefully they can figure it out before the start of training camp. They can plan accordingly. It would be really nice so they can... The Kansas City Chiefs didn't do anything wrong in this case, so why should they be screwed? You know, they should be able to draft around it and figure out what they're going to do with their roster, maybe sign another free agent, somebody replace Tyreek Hill. It's really hard to replace Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill... And I know this because I had him on my fantasy team last year. Is a fucking animal. That guy can spread the field. He can do pretty good routes. He's great at the nine route. He can run down the field something fast. He's probably one of the fastest in the NFL. Forget that stupid-ass receiver out of uh, Cincinnati. I think this guy has probably got a better 40 time. I would love to see those two. John Ross and Tyreek Hill line up right next to each other and sprint off, see who's got the better record. I'm going with Tyreek Hill in this case. Yet another primetime game with the Kansas City Chiefs that I'm really looking forward to. It's week eight. It's uh, going to be Sunday night, NBC, the Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron fucking Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. That is got to be candidate for game of the year, depending on all circumstances with uh, weapons and whatnot and how everybody does in the draft. I can't wait to see that game. It's going to be awesome. Aaron Rodgers is my personal favorite quarterback with Patrick Mahomes being a close second. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Those two are probably going to light it up on that field. The passing yardage very well might hit a thousand yards between the two of them. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be an Arrowhead stadium. So it's going to be really loud. I expect to see fans of both teams out there. And it's probably going to be, a, it's got to be a sold out game. Cause honestly, if I could figure out a way to get to Kansas city for that game, I'd freaking watch it. You're going to see fans of all of the NFL teams watching this game live in person because it's just a spectacle to see it, that's a history making game right there and, and at least in my view i can't see where it's going to be a low scoring game at all unless unless both teams somehow sprout a defense this offseason it's going to be a shootout and i'm looking forward to it you know i'm going to be watching that shit sunday night week 8 820 on nbc but until then we have the NFL draft to worry about, and that comes up this Thursday. I am so looking forward to that. So we're going to see who the next crop of players are and where they're going. Who is the consensus number one? At this point, there's 
There's only one, in my opinion, and it's uh, Kyler Murray, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, junior, redshirt, should be uh, the number one pick, and then they could either dish out Mr. Rosen, or they can keep him and have some backup for Kyler Murray, or have them, in my opinion, I, I brought this up in a podcast a couple weeks ago, those two should duke it out, see who the best is on the field, and then trade off the remainder or keep him as a backup. I mean, rookie contracts are pretty cheap nowadays until you get to that fifth-year option. Then you can trade them off for the fifth-year option and get a draft pick again for him. So who knows? Um, if Kyler Murray is not the number one pick, I'm going to say that Nick Bosa is going to go number one, the edge rusher out of Ohio State who sat all of last season because he was injured and said, screw this. I'm not rushing myself. I'm not coming back to college just to possibly screw up my leg. And then, uh, you know what, just look at the film at this point. I'm already consensus top five. There's no way I'm going to make it any better. So I don't blame Nick Bosa for taking all last year off. It makes sense. He just had to sit there and actually wait until he was physically old enough, has been out of high school for at least three years, and then he can go in and declare himself eligible for the NFL draft. And he's riding off a lot of his brother's success, but he's also riding off quite a bit of his own. So we're going to see how he does coming off the edge. And uh, he'll either go to Arizona at number one or San Fran at number two, or somebody's going to trade in and try to get him. I, I would personally look into trading in to get Nick Bosa. I think he's an amazing edge rusher, just like his brother is. So I'm looking forward to seeing who all's going to go from there. Uh, mock drafts. I personally think Keenan Williams out of Alabama is going to go next at number three. He's a sophomore redshirt. And then I think Josh Allen. And then Ed Oliver. That's just my view. Could uh, could be wrong. But that's the beauty of mock drafts. Everybody's fucking wrong. Always. I've never seen a perfect one. And you never will. Because trades happen. And you can't predict that kind of shit. It just happens. You can never get a mock draft right. So consensus number one should be at this point, Kyler Murray. And if it's not, it's got to be Nick Bosa. I, I can't see anybody wanting to take anybody else at number one. So if I am Arizona and I like Josh Rosen and I think he can lead my offense, I would look at the New York Giants and the Oakland Raiders and say, you guys have got more than one number one pick. Why don't you give me two of those picks and you can have the number one pick. You can have Kyler Murray. Say it with me. You get Murray. For those of you that actually watch draft day, you'll get that reference with Bo Callahan. Uh, you know, all three of you that watch draft day. But, uh, yeah, the Giants, they have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, number 6 and 17, something like that, uh, in the draft this year. The Raiders have three draft picks, the um, first one being at number 4, and then they have two in the 20s. So it could be interesting. If the Giants wanted to move up, I would say, bitch, you better give me two of those picks. And maybe a second-round pick, too, because you got your successor to Eli Manning right here. 
in Kyler Murray. That's what I'd say. And if the Oakland Raiders wanted to try to jump in, maybe they can uh, give up all three of those picks. Arizona could make a killing off of the Raiders or the Giants right now. I would love to see it happen because we haven't seen a nuclear trade like that in quite a few years. Probably since 2012 with the RG3 trade. That was a fucking ripoff. Goodness, looking back at it. And I see that kid on my team right now, RG3. He's the backup quarterback. Shows you how well that worked out for the Washington Redskins. Oof. I'm glad I didn't have to pay fucking three first-round picks and a second-round pick to get that. No, he's not a bum. But he didn't live up to the number one status either. So he's a bust. That's what I got to say. Speaking of the Raiders... Oh my. So over the weekend, there was some news about John Gruden and Mike Mayock sending their scouts home a week ahead of the NFL drafts, sending them home, telling them to pack their shit and head on home. So it looks like those scouts aren't very safe right now as far as their jobs are concerned. So uh, it sounds like they aren't Mike Mayock people. They are John Gruden people. So uh, apparently they can't be trusted. That's what I'm reading on the interwebs. So uh, nobody's being trusted with the draft board, and who knows what's going to happen to the scouting department. It sounds like they're going to turn most of it over, according to Albert Breer of the NFL Network. It uh, would be interesting to see if they're going to, this late in the game, try to pluck some scouts out there and try to promote other people from other teams. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. That's That's ridiculous at this point in the game to say, it's time to turn over and start a new leaf. It's especially it's a dick move when your scouts have already done all the work. And now you're like, well, thank you for the work. So you No, that's, that's not cool. That's a very dickish move on Mike Mayock and John Gruden's part. And I don't appreciate that whatsoever. Now I don't think those scouts do either. And quite frankly, if I were them, I would have a, uh, huge grievance i would try to get a class action going on especially if you can get all of those guys collectively together to say hey we need to make some money off this it's pretty fucked up we got fired we didn't even do anything wrong oh goodness i've already been talking for over a half an hour here and i've got to get wrapping up here as i record this it's almost seven o'clock on a monday night so Gotta get ready for Monday Night Raw on wrestling. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up at this point. Uh, since it's just a solo adventure this week, normally we'd be going well over an hour and uh, talking football, but just me this week. So I'll wrap it up early, give you guys your time back to do whatever you need to. I appreciate all of you coming out this week to listen to the Fapt and Fapters. I will see you next week, hopefully.